a virtual time in the first portion of scripture we read together. The book of Genesis, chapter 1. Genesis, chapter 1. And we shall read again the third verse. Genesis 1 and 3. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Especially the word, And God said. You will find this uh, repeated in connection with um, every um, science of the divine will which we have recorded in this first chapter of Genesis. And God said. <coughs> this is uh, the biblical account of um, the Genesis the beginning of all things, that is, the beginning of all things in connection with uh, God's creation. We are not concerned at the moment uh, with any uh, support for real difficulties that may arise in connection with this account when compared with the other account we have of um, the beginning of things. Just to say that this is uh, the biblical account and that it is by no means an isolated account. It is presupposed from now on in the close of the book of Revelation. What we are told here lies um, at the foundation, at the very base of everything else we are told in the scripture. which I mentioned as God said. And here at the very text of the Bible's message we have the importance of the word of God. God spoke. God and um, the saying of God, or what God has said, is placed in the rank of first importance. And this, of course, is carried on throughout the whole life. There is a reverence due to the word of God. Simply because it is the word of God. 
Of course, I know that there are many who give their own interpretation of this term, the word of God. But with these we are not concerned at the moment. The word of God is that which we have written in God's book. Where we have unfolded to us the thought of the eternal mind. And where we are brought to face, face to face with the divine design. God did something, and God has some end in view. The one is in order to the other. The world exists for his pleasure. He called it into being that it might show forth his glory. And what his glory is, we are told in the world, and of course supremely in Jesus Christ, who is the brightness of the Father's glory and the express image of his heart. But in considering these words for a little, we may first of all consider the fact of this. God said, this is a fact. And then again, the power of it. When God spoke, it was done. The psalmist reminds us of that. When his word went forth, there was immediate result. His word is the word of his power. That is on the power of the word. And then thirdly, there is the finality of the word. There is no repetition of it. He doesn't say one thing now and another thing afterwards. The word is final. There is no need for repetition. And of course, there is no room for improvement in all his works. First then, the fact of it. God spoke. God said. And those of you who are acquainted with the Bibles know that everywhere this formula is treated with the utmost respect. God spoke. It is something worth considering. It is something far with far-reaching in what? That gospel. Now prior to this, we have what we might call the silence of God. He is speaking is presented here as something definite. Something which occurred at the beginning of all things. God spoke. And it is from this world of God that the universe takes its beginning. 
of this, but it is reduced to one. But the um, universe, as we know, takes its um, particular character from the Word of God. Well, again and again, we find the prophets, <coughs> the psalmists, and teaching of God to speak. You remember the words, Be not silent, O Lord. Be not silent, now. And again it says, Be not silent, lest I be like those that go down to the pit. His word is considered of the utmost importance. And this, of course, was one of the distinguishing characteristics of the God of Israel, of Jehovah, as contrasted with the God of the heathen world about. He was a God who spoke. Again and again, he broke the silence. Again and again, he made known to his people that he was near. Again and again, he exhibited on their behalf his omnipotence, leading them out from the hand of the enemy. And all this in, connected, in connection with the word of God. Let 
फिर भी मैं सब नवाब वर्ड्स ऑल दैट गॉड सेज टू अस ऑल दैट इज बाइंडिंग अपॉन अस फ्रॉम द टाइम ही स्पोक सब एट द बिगिनिंग एंड फ्रॉम द टाइम ही क्रिएटेड मैन ऑल दैट इज बाइंडिंग ऑन मैन इज दिस व्हाट गॉड हैज Power. 
frustrating such as may seem. We have it denounced how to disobey his word. That is the mystery of a man's creation in relation to God. That he has the power to say no to God. And that of course is um, the essence of all sin. It is all no to God's yes. No. But on the other hand, see how futile it is to say no to God's yes. How futile? Why? Because of the power of God's word. It is powerful. We read that unto God every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is God. Now let us bring back about the power, the power of the eternal word, the word of the Lord, by which he created all things and by which he governs all things. The futility of disobedience. It can only last so long and it is bound to spell door. God said, however reasonable it is to set yourselves up against the word of God, that which God has It is the utmost insanity. It's the very essence of unreason. But it just seems so now. The Sabbath informs us that he himself was brought into great mental difficulties by thinking of the prosperity of the wicked. How they prospered in this world, and how they seemed to get things all their own way. It didn't seem that the word of God had any power. It didn't seem that, that he meant what he had said. Or the question that there is whether he had said it at all. But these are the points precisely at which we are often assailed by the enemy. It is still the question, see, has God said? Now if that can be explained away, then everything in the moral universe can be explained away. Has God said? And of course there is the, the invitation and the enticement to act as if God had not said. That's the essence of all temptation. To act as if he hadn't said it at all. And that of course may succeed for a time. But then the time of reckoning is coming. The power of the word 
it is impossible because God is God, and impossible because His Word is His Word. He said it. It can't be amended. It can't be changed. It can't be suspended. No creature has the power to change it in the slightest degree. Spoken to us through his son. 
that he has testified to his officer. And that he says, quote, by the Father, he addresses us concerning him. As he addresses us to him. What does he say concerning him? This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Hear ye him. This is the Father's testimony to the Son. Hear ye him. I am well pleased in him. And the consequence of that is you ought to be well pleased with him too. I am well pleased with him. And this is what he calls us to, to put our trust in Christ Jesus, to commit ourselves to him. Now hold the soul's act of submission of adoration, of gratitude. And this is the word that cannot be broken. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent that all who put their trust in him will find rest unto their soul, will find him as a shelter from the storm and a cover from the tempest as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. God said. And that applies, and will always apply. It applies to the material creation. What he said is still going on. His word is still coming. What he says in the realm of salvation is still going on. What he has said concerning his son is still bearing fruit and will bear fruit to the end of time. What think ye of Jesus, who is called the Christ? God said, He is my beloved son, in whom I am well. this or that. These things are important in their own place. But the question of the utmost importance is this. What think ye of Christ? Let us pray. Lord, Lord, thou according to the riches of thy grace, teaching us that thou art, and that thou art a rewarder of them that diligently seek thee. Thou knowest that we are poor and needy. Yet give us, we pray thee, at hope that thou thinkest upon us. And then our very poverty will redound to thy glory. As thy servant understood and confessed when he said, 
If I glory, it is in my weakness that I will glory that the power of Christ may dwell upon me. Lift upon us the light of thy countenance and take away all our iniquities. For Christ's sake, Amen. Psalm 33. beginning take, and by the breathing of his mouth he all their hosts did make. The waters of the seas he brings together as an heap, and in storehouses, as it were, he laid up the deep. Let earth and all that live therein with reverence fear the Lord, let all the world's inhabitants dread him with one accord. For he did speak the word, and done it was without delay, established it firmly stood, whatever he did say. God of the counsel bring to naught which heathen folk do take, and what the people do devise of none effect doth make. Oh, but the counsel of the Lord doth stand forever sure, and of his heart the purposes from age to age endure. We shall see.